Make room at your Thanksgiving table this November because America's Card Room is coming over. And we're bringing over $2.5 million guaranteed. From November 27th to December 6th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 27 cents. And the best part? OSS5 has over $2.5 million in prize pools, including the $1 million guaranteed Million Dollar Sunday Tournament. You'll find satellites feeding into every single event, including the $1 million tourney, only at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 68 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardRoom.com. If you want 27% rate back from AmericasCardRoom.com, simply sign up for your account using one of the links or adverts on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website and via iTunes for free. Just search OneOuter Podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then email questions at OneOuter.com or tweet them to me or Facebook them. Or tweet me and ask me for the email that I read out at the start of every show and then send me them that way. Uh, Alex, episode 68, how are you today? Better than I statistically should be. But, uh, ah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Remember I told you, I've edited all that out, so it gets worse <laughs> this week. <laughs> I, I leave every, I'm going to leave one in, you know. Yeah, so just people one, like, so people what? think yeah. it's like, man, this guy is bizarre. Nah, I was watching the TV this morning, seeing another one of those mass shootings, and I was like, I've not, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I was like, there's been a mass shooting every day in America this year. Like, like, I, and by mass shooting, I think that's three victims or more. And like, we're not even talking about like a four year old girl, like open the box, uh, you know, the lock box and like shot herself. I'm talking mass shootings. There's been a mass shooting every day in America. It's like, you you know what I mean? This is the kind of stuff you expect in Iraq, not the United States of America, the world's, like, largest economy. You know what I mean? Like, it, in, the police are pretty awesome in the States. Like, the few times I've met them, like, in a serious situation, they're normally, like, pretty petulant and hand you out tickets for nothing, but... When there's an actual emergency, they know what they're doing. It's like, yep, still it's going on. So it's like, I was just thinking this morning, I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm in Costa Rica where if there's a shooting nine times out of ten, it was a drug deal gone bad. So, you know, probably not going to happen to me. But, yeah, yeah, things are good, man. Things are good, you know, chilling. Well, you've got your other guys that turn up for the meetings for you for that. So yeah, you're not yeah. Gonna get <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send the little homie, man. Like, Send the henchman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but uh, it's crazy. It's brutal. Like you say, watching it from afar, I mean, fuck it. You know, it's just insane. It, it's almost become the norm. Like, yeah. you, you hear, and the way social media and worldwide 24 hour news channels. It is. It's every week. There's something like, oh, yeah, 16 people shot dead in some building. Oh, yeah, some guy storms a building and kills five people to take a hostage. Now he's shot dead. and Just, it's so norm. And people keep going on about, like, without getting into gun law debate and all that stuff, we could go on for hours and forever, you know? Yeah. People have been doing it before and they'll probably be doing it after we've long gone and stuff. But yeah. It's, yeah, from afar, like, I'm in a country where, you know, you can't own guns, really. Well, you can own shotguns for, 
you know, uh, farmers own shotguns for keeping pests, you know, down and things, and right. or hunting rifles for killing deer and things like that. But yeah, you can't like walk into gun shops <laughs> in the UK and buy like handguns and carry a handgun on yeah. you and stuff like that. Um, but it's just there's still murders here and that. Now, yeah, it's not as easy to kill people as many people in a short space of time with a knife, you know, mm-hmm. as it is with like an automatic weapon, but. These people saying, oh, guns have to be banned and stuff. It's just, it, surely the, the whole issue is like these people's mental state. You know, it's like right, right. Someone, if someone snaps, don't get me wrong, if so, without getting brutal and graphic, if someone snaps, they could easily make their way into a, a nursery or, a, or, you know, a young school, you know, primary uh, yeah, school, yeah. it's called in the UK, and... Um, Kill the teacher with a knife, you know, and then like ten kids. I mean, they're not going to be able to stop, you know what I mean? Right, so, right, right, right. What are you going to do? Ban knives, you know? It's e- exactly. These, um, and I don't mean to trivialize it like no, that. No, no, no. That, that makes sense. But the whole the whole thing is, is it's an issue about when someone snaps, they snap, and right. they could drive their. I said it before. They could drive their car through a high street, uh, any city in the world, and kill like fifteen, twenty people with their car. That's a good you know? point. Yeah, like just drive right through if you're if you're willing to. Like if you've snapped to that point, it's just you know I don't get it. Or make make bombs with uh, yeah bombs, you know, homemade bombs. chemicals, fertilizer. homemade yeah. chemicals, fertilizer and bleach and stuff like. Not like I know how to make them. Do your own research. But um, you know, it's like yeah, and then yeah. kill a lot of people that way. So yeah, I don't get it. I mean, it's. I think society, without getting really deep in it, it's just like everybody is... I saw something, and it's like we've discussed it on previous shows. You're called special by, like, teachers and parents and that. You know, like, a lot... Everyone thinks they're special, and they're, like... It's this universe of I just now, you know, Instagram, and every person thinking they're a celebrity and special. And then one day they wake up and realize, actually, I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> and then... Yeah. And then, and no, like in, the, sure. in general, you know, I, like by, I, I by, by definitions of success, then, you know, like most of us are losers, you know, like by right, modern, right. like by, by, by some people's uh, definitions, etc. And then some people react to that by like going, ah, fuck, yeah, well, life's like that. And they get a bit melancholic. Some people start overeating or they'll get a bit depressed and things. And then other people just snap, you mm. know, and go... Yeah society screwed me over, I'm going to go out and do something right, right. like monstrous like that. And to, to trivialize it down to like ban guns and like, you right, know, right. I don't have it. I don't really have an opinion on American gun control or anything, but I have an opinion on like, I'm sure it's, it's in the constitution, isn't it? Right. Yeah, to bear arms, yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, if you start playing around with that and like, especially with the people in America, like these preppers and stuff, the last thing you want to do is try and take their guns from them. You'll have even more psychos on your hands. Right. You know, so like you gotta you gotta tackle mental health. You gotta tackle exactly. You know, like how people react to things, and also expectations of people, and maybe even just sort of like society as a whole yes. needs sort of like a wake up call. You know, like I don't know. It's a, like, I I think you hit on a lot of the things. Like being an American, I think I have a more uh, I, I think I have a, a, a pretty good perspective of what's going on it's always been funny to me that the same people that would go like Trump's plan of deporting so many you know illegal Mexican citizens which I think is ridiculous I'm conservative and fiscally conservative and I think that's a ridiculous idea I don't think it's going to work uh, mass deportations right 
And the same people that would say like, you know, mass deportations are not going to work because they're too expensive. Think they're somehow going to get rid of 400 million weapons in the United States. Like that just, uh, I, I, I don't see a scenario where you don't do a buyback and pretty much the criminals are like, wow, you know, this is going to run up the black market price. I, I think I'm going to stockpile right now, you know? And then, uh, yeah, I, I think really the biggest problem, I mean, you know, I wish in America there were no guns. I, I, I also wish there was a highway between New York and London. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. You know what I mean? This is the thing that bugs me about like, oh, John Lennon was such a brave guy. It's like he said, no, well, uh, it's like, well, yeah, I, I could do a lot of those things, man. Like go, go to go walk into Raqqa, Iraq and tell ISIS that no war. You know what I mean? See, see how it works. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, and the people that say like force doesn't work, you know, it's like it, I always go, yeah, like look at the Nazis. We tried to kill them off and now you can't go two miles without hitting a Nazi outpost, you know, and it's mm. I, I get tired of all these roadblocks and taking my Nazi theme passport and having to get through it. And it's like, no, of course force works, you know what I mean? And the original reason we had weapons in the United States is we were oppressed or we believed we were. And the idea, the, the whole idea of the original in the original United States was, which I thought was pretty admirable is they didn't really think any government worked. Like if you, uh -huh. you read what the founders wrote, I, I think it's like, re by the way, they write in English. That's like a lot of the, <laughs> Like, you read letters in the Civil War of the United States, and, like, these people, like, never got out of primary school, as you guys call it, in the United Kingdom, and they write in better English than, like, uh, people who go to graduate school now, right? Like, uh -huh. their, their English is incredible, right? But one of the things they wrote is just, we do not believe, we think governments naturally corrupt themselves, and uh, that's just the course of man. We don't, we don't. You know, it, it, that that's just how it is. So we're going to set up a government that's going to be as limited as possible and everybody can check one another. And, you know, what they what, what they believed was going to happen is what happened. The United States is now is overreaches in every part of the world and at home. And, uh, yeah, the, the original idea was like if the people, uh, you know, uh, you know, if the like it, if you look around at history, it's like uh you know, Mao took the guns, uh, Fernand Marcos took the guns, uh, Fidel Castro took the guns. The first thing a despotic ruler does before he takes <laughs> over is take your weapons away. And there's a reason for that, you know what I mean? And yeah. they took what was a pretty rational decision at the time, which is you should be able to own a firearm just in case, God forbid, anybody ever, you know... It, it, and we think, you know, a lot of people go, oh, that would never happen. I remind you, one of the... <laughs> smartest countries in the world, Germany, uh, just a, a bastion of culture and intelligence uh, did have this happen. You know what I mean? Where th there was a ruler who came to power that a lot of people I'm sure did not want, but they couldn't really do much of anything about it, you know? Yeah. And uh, that was what they were trying to limit. And I think like that historical perspective gets lost a lot in the gun debate. And right now, uh, you know, the United States is pretty uh, – it's pretty brutal about what you can and can't do. But at the same time, uh, there's a mass shooting every day. <laughs> like mm -hmm. the reason for that I think is I, – I, I, think, I think a lot of this is drug use. 
And I don't mean just illegal drug use. Like, nobody's ever done 60 minutes on a treadmill and then went and popped a Glock at somebody across the street. Like, that just doesn't right. happen. You know, yeah. what, what does happen is, it, I remember in America, like, being extremely depressed because, like, you try to talk to people in America, and it's not like, I've been in the United I, Kingdom, I've been in Ireland, I've been in a lot of different countries around the world, and there's, like, a banner you know what I mean? Like you, you can talk to people at the supermarket. People want to try, even if you're a foreigner, it's always like, oh, where are you from? I want, I want, you know, like even in countries I was told people are really mean. Like when I was in France, like Paris, France, like people were really nice to me, you know, and they were that in the place I got treated the worst. If I can really, th I'm trying to think of where I was treated the worst. I think I was treated the worst in Egypt, actually. But like, uh, not, but not because of I, I was a foreigner or anything, just because the poor country is just so poor, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, and everybody is getting treated horrible where I was at that time. And uh, the United States is where I was treated the worst. Like you would you would try to like say hi to someone. I remember like being a young single guy in Seattle and it was just like you try to talk to somebody and uh, like they, they look scared you're talking to them. You know mm. what I mean? And then uh like people stick to their little clicks and that's pretty much it, you know? And it's like, it's, it's pretty bizarre to me, you know? And then, uh, you know, and then people, I, you know, fortunately I did find some people I fell in with at some point, but I, I think there's a lot of angry young men who just, you know, they don't meet a significant other. They don't really have a group of friends. Uh, it, it's not like in the old days where it's like you could go to church and you'd see everybody, in your neighborhood or like even in the old days, like you used to go to a bar in America and that's like where you would pick up your mail. And that's where you would see people from the country you immigrated from. And that's where you would probably get a job. And there was a sense of community either at the bar or the church, uh, which I think says a lot about us. And now there's none of that. You know what I mean? If you go to a church, I, th I think a lot of the people I'm a Christian, I think a lot of the people are just nuts. Like it, like going to a lot of Christian churches is in crazy now in the States. And if you go to a bar, everybody's just getting pissed drunk. And I think it's like serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of those, uh, a lot of those mass shooters were on prescription medications. And, uh, there, there's a lot of guys in prison right now, you know, like I've read books about them and they, you know, it's like a kid who was like, I was taking, uh, I, I was taking a serotonin reuptake inhibitor and, you know, I had a couple drinks the night before I went to bed. And uh, when I woke up the, the next day, it was 3 p.m. and I was in a prison cell. And I said, why was I here? And they said, well, you, uh, you went to school and you waved a gun at everybody. You don't remember? And it, you were going on about the Bible and stuff like that. And you scared a lot of people. And there's a lot of cases of that. But remember, there's not much of a financial incentive for going after that. You know what yeah. I mean? There's not uh, – it's much, you know – and, uh, I mean, I could go, okay, I got a couple more points. Hold on a second. And, yeah, and then, you know, politicians want to do, politicians are now going for the feel-good award, right? So Republicans go for the we need our weapons to protect ourselves, which, again, sounds fine on the surface, but, okay, uh, doesn't really mean anything. And then Democrats uh, go for the, like, we're going to get rid of assault weapons. That's one of those solutions that sounds nice. But if you look at it statistically, it's like, you know, it, it's like it, it's like putting a 
it's putting a band-aid on someone who's been decapitated. Like it's like 2% of the murders are committed by an assault, by assault weapons. The vast majority of weapons, uh, especially in Chicago, the city that Obama left before he uh, became president, where everybody was talking about what a great community organizer he is. And ironically, nobody would like to live in this community. And uh, he, by the way, he stated he has no, and uh, oh yeah, also, uh, that's the nexus of gun laws is Chicago. And I'm not saying gun laws don't work in some areas, but it just doesn't seem to have worked here. So you can definitively, you can't definitively say they work. And uh, he, yeah, and he, Obama has said he has no plans of going back. But yeah, like 98, there's tons of murders in that city and they're all done by handguns. So if you really cared about gun control, you would t- talk about handguns. And then... You know, and it, it, this doesn't like Australia had a mass shooting and they did a buyback and it worked. Switzerland, I, I'm, everybody and their 80 year old grandmother opens a weapon, has a weapon, and yet they they don't seem to open fire on each other like we do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So obviously there's cases for and against this everywhere. You know, and then uh, oh God, I had one more thing. Oh, I think what you. The Me Too culture, I think, is the biggest problem in the States. I, I think this is narcissism. I, I, the thing that's interesting to me is this recent mass shooting. They said the guy had an argument at work before he left, and he said to his wife, like, come on, we're doing that thing we talked about. We were always said we were going to do, you know, and that – and the, the yeah, and it's I, – I, I think it's the standards that Americans hold themselves. I I remember in America, like when I did not have money and I was like overweight, like you you would think I was a child molester the way people like talk to me, you know what I mean? Just because I had crummy clothes with holes in them and stuff. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, it was just like, God, who is this loser? And like, people would like, you know, people would be like, why are you talking? And that like, and, you know, it, just stuff like that. And then, you know, I lost weight because I started using amphetamines as a, you know, I, I was like, I, I, I'm going to die or become a poker player. Like, that was my thing. I was like, I'm going to make money or I'm going to die. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I need it. That was what I really believed as an American I had to do. Right. And I started uh, abusing uh, amphetamines. Like, I, w- I would get the ones on the streets that they so- gave to the junkies that couldn't afford them. And, like, you know, I <laughs> trade five bucks for them, right? Or whatever it was. And, uh, and I got the Adderall, too. I got, I got a prescription from the state for Adderall. And, like, I started losing a ton of weight because I was abusing these, right? Like, I, I, you know, I was also, like, a very awful person on amphetamines. Like, I was really crass. I was really mean to people. But soon I was skinny and I had a lot of money and a lot of people liked me in, a, in America, right? And then when I moved to other countries, that did not exist. You know what I mean? Mm. There was a lot of very plump people that a lot of people liked because he took care of his kids. He was nice to everybody. He remembered to say hi on Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving Christmas or whatever, right? You know, uh-huh. the, the guy uh, – You know, you could have a talk about football or something at the local pub where everybody just had two drinks and went home. You know what I mean? They didn't get pissed drunk like they did in America. And uh, there was, you know, and and I went to the Philippines and I realized like the good guy in this in this uh, society 
is the guy who pays his bills and takes care of his kids and is faithful to his wife. Like, that's considered a great guy in the Philippines. Yeah. That's considered a successful person. That's considered a loser in a lot of parts of America. It's like, oh, this guy's not getting his, right? So I think, you know, and I'm saying this as an American, I think poor education is what I, I think we're – I don't care how much money we have in the States. It's really bad education and horrible value systems in a lot mm -hmm. of different parts. And there are parts of the States that have very good value systems and the people are very kind. But I, I, it, like, I, I can tell you a lot of them don't. You know, and that, that's it, – it, 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 you know, I mean, I guess this would happen in any country with 350 million people. You know what I mean? There's just going to be <laughs> – there's just going to be parts that are this bad and say, woo, we beat this to death. Okay. So anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, we were parachutings the other week and now we're talking <laughs> about America. But you know, me and Alex do, we go off on a little bit at the start. We kind of just like jump into questions and me and Alex talk about stuff as well. So it's like, yeah, you're getting all that. And I know a lot of you enjoy it and it is current and it is happening in the world and we do talk about what's been happening etc so it would be kind of weird to not touch on right, uh, right. Paris shootings and um, yeah on that note as well uh, Britain have just voted to agree to join the bombing party of hey, as well welcome so. to the team yeah. although, <laughs> although France is to give you an idea of like uh, Obama is running seven sorties a day or however you say it right and it was a uh, I like seven bombing runs. I, I think like France is doing a thousand. So like when people are saying like France is joining America's fight, it's like, uh-uh, like France is leading. Britain, uh -huh. Britain is probably going to do it now uh, too. And uh, yeah, anyway, it's just another example of like, you know, and it's looking, <laughs> it, 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 it was funny because Obama was very vocal about this recent shooting uh, up until he found out it was uh, uh, two people of Middle Eastern descent who did it, and then they were like, yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, moving on. <laughs> like, it's, uh, okay. <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah it's, uh, enough politics. By the way, we love everybody here. We love everybody. Yeah, we love yeah everyone's uh, welcome. My mom's, a, yeah. my mom's a flaming liberal, so I love you people, and I'm, yeah, Barry's, Barry's a curmudgeon, so, you know, I'm on that side of the spectrum as well. But, yeah, and thank you all who have, by the way, a lot of you have written me lately saying, like, you listen to this on the way to work and you like all the jags. I, I appreciate that, man. Let's get into some questions for the people. Yeah. Let's get into for the some people. Questions. Okay, first one is from Ricky. Uh, looking for advice on playing Sundays. I used to play so many games that my spend was so big that even when I got decent runs, I would lose quite a chunk on a Sunday. I've since uh, I've since taken to playing on the Sunday million only the Sunday million. Sorry, I'll read that again. I read it wrong. I've since taken to playing only the Sunday million, and sometimes one other game on my iPad without a HUD, obviously, and just using Sundays as a way to relax and focus on each hand much more closely. I'm finding playing without my HUD is making me think more and more, which I think will help with my live game, and obviously it looks like the online world is moving towards Hudlin's play. Anyway, uh, LOL. I'm not laughing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that wouldn't be good for me. Is that the question? Is that it? Yeah, I think he's oh, looking okay. for advice on playing on Sundays. He's, he's playing, he's went down to playing like one or two tables just on his iPad, like the Sunday Million, and 
it doesn't say what else. But I think just like yeah, say one or two big games, he's just playing on his iPad. He's not okay. doing anything else. I'm gonna uh, I'll I'll tell you my approach for Sunday, and you you guys can take your notes from this. Uh, well, for, first off, I I don't think you're learning. Uh, well, I'll give my Sunday here in a second. I don't think you're learning a ton when you just play on the iPad and you, like, watch TV or something. You know what I mean? I, I think I think it'll be really fun. If, and if you've got the money, by all means, have fun, you know? But, uh, and, and by the way, you should be playing the Million Dollar Poker Sunday in America's card room, not just yeah, not, yeah. Not poker stars. <laughs> We're striking from them, but, bro. And, uh, yeah, but anyway... Uh, sorry. Uh, I, how's that going? <laughs> uh, yeah, how's the strike going? Yeah, I, I don't know. I it was really boring the other day. Just cause yeah, I I did... some, my little brother. I was driving him to work yesterday, dropping him off his work, and he, he I think he was on the app, uh, and he said, uh, "Oh, the poker star strikes must be doing really well. There's 150,000 people online." <laughs> wow! Like, wow! Yeah. yeah, it's not really. Uh, no, I mean, it sends some kind of message, you know what I mean? Because, it, I mean, let's just be honest. That was really messed up what they did. Like, let people – am I right? Oh, did did yeah. they ever let people grind for, like, six months? And then they were like, just kidding. <laughs> like, Longer. I think it was, like, till <laughs> – I think it was, like, ten months. It was not just October that they really, or, or even November. Yeah. I mean, that's – well, and I mean, they, they – you know, they these people overtook – uh, Amaya overtook poker stars who like had always paid the people that brought them their customers, right? And uh, they they just said, you know, I know we had an agreement, but there's nothing on paper, so we're not going to pay you anything, which is like well within their rights. But it's just such an awful thing to do. It's like you would not yeah. have this site without these people. And I knew so many media outlets that were like, yeah, we're, we fired five people today because of the poker stars thing. And it's like, oh, cool. So, you know, you're costing people's jobs because you don't feel like you owe money to someone. Yeah, I mean, come out come out and say, we're going to honor Supernova Elite or whatever yeah. for this, yeah. you know, coming year. That's it. But we, as a business, and again, as a free market and whatever, I think it's poker stars' right to do what they want as yeah, a business. Yeah, I do. But but there's a way to go around it and tell people and do it fairly. Exactly. You know, like come out and say, exactly. it's, you've had it this way, you, we're going to honour that, but then we're going to go this way. And then it's up to you if you play with them or not. But moving the goalposts mid-year and stuff, that, that's brutal. People have spent their whole year yeah, dedicated yeah. And, and, that's a year and planned of life, yeah. based on Yeah, yeah, planned based I, on I would that, love you know? it. You know, it's a publicly traded company. I would love it if someone took them to civil claims court. I mean, and say, like, I, I worked 10 months of my life with this promise, you know what I mean? And it, it, it just wasn't met, and now I want There's probably a little paragraph 4, section 8, that's like, we can do what we want. Yeah, we of, course, of course. Yeah, there probably is. Yeah, it would be pretty, I don't know, i got to call my lawyer friend just out of curiosity if they could do the class action. But, like, uh, no, I mean... Uh, uh, okay, okay, got got a couple different jags. I'll talk about my Sunday schedule in a second, but yeah, I did do the strike thing, and then I withdrew my money. You know, and normally my withdrawal to Skrill takes about thirty minutes. Very oddly, on this Tuesday, it took till right after my session was over. 
to, for me to get my money. So I couldn't play on Party or a bunch of other sites because most of my money was in stars. Well, all right, all right, you know, sure, it's a coincidence. They're just, uh, I don't know, stars is petulant. They're just, it, it's incredible. But yeah, like uh, for Sunday, like what I do, uh, well, let, this is how, this is my whole routine. For, first off, it's good to do some kind of physical exercise. You shouldn't want to kill yourself. But like, uh, you know, like a light jog, it, it's good if you don't have music because you can start uh, you can start thinking a little bit about the game and just sweating a little and get, getting rid of some of that anxiety. If you live near a weight room, which I do not, but if you do, it's, uh, it's, it's very good to do that. I love like lifting weights before a session, but it's like, God, like it, it takes me for, I, I, I didn't have it. I, I, I did this stupid thing. Like I was like, I'm going to have a house in, on a mountain, right? Which sounds great. And then it's like, okay, I want to go to a weight room. Well, it, it takes 40 minutes like back and forth you know, to go. And it's like, I don't have that much time, right? Or an hour, right? And then it's like, you know, it, anyway, that's pissing me off lately. But anyway, yeah, like, you know, lift some weights, uh, run a little, you know, try to sweat a little. Uh, I always think it's good if you like clean your office area, because I think that whether you realize it or not, if you have a really dirty office area, uh, a lot of times it just it takes up like hard drive space in the brain, just like this feeling of like, wow, this place is dirty. I should do something about that. That constantly ticking in the back of your mind is really hard to, it's hard to be resolute about. And it's a little harder to focus. So like before every session, I like clean up my office and I try to get rid of as much clutter as uh, I can. I use those disinfectant wipes uh, on it. And then uh, I, I, I wipe down my screen. So there's not like – because if there's a smudge on your screen, you don't notice. We don't want to know about your smudges on screens. <laughs> I, I, I would never do that on a work – actually, I don't do that, like, uh, to be honest. I, it's okay. I'm joking. No, no, no. I mean, like, to be serious, to be serious I, I, I read this book about, like, neurochemically what happens when you watch uh, pornography – and I was like, it was terrifying. And I was like, all right. You're going to, you're going to mass shooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. no, it's like, well, what what they've pretty much proven now is it brings this, like, dopamine rush for men, right? You know, and then uh, it, what happens is your arousal system becomes dependent on that dopamine rush. And that can be that can be quite difficult if you're in a committed relationship and – you know, it, so anyway, yeah, I read that and I was like, okay, enough of this. And uh, but, and I'm sure every guy at home right now, BS, like <laughs> I don't believe that. But yeah, okay, so you have your smudge computer for one reason or another, and you don't want that sm- because sometimes like, it, I I I'm like irritated the whole day and I don't know why, and then I realize like, oh, there's like a mark over here, and then it's like okay, and then I wipe it down, and it's like oh okay, that's better. And then, so I just do that at the beginning of the session. Uh, then at this point, okay, you need to have the session and make it go well. So I think you kind of have to prime your mind. Uh, the one way you can do this is just like deep breathing exercises. Now, a lot of people go like, oh, that's so new age or whatever. That's so dumb. And then 
there's two sides of the spectrum. People who think it's really dumb are people who are like, yes, you need to meditate 12 hours a day. And it's like, well, it's not really either of those, right? And like meditation is a very odd thing, you know. Uh, a, a, a lot of people, a, a lot of people like when they, they think of meditation, they think like I have to empty my mind and have no thoughts. That, that's pretty much impossible. That's like trying to get your heartbeat to stop by focusing on it. Your brain is there to think. You know what I mean? If your brain wasn't thinking, it, it, you, you probably wouldn't have gotten this far in this life. So yeah. what you're really trying to do is like, okay, you sit down, uh, cross your legs, straighten up your back, hang your head like the weight of the world's on your shoulders, let your arms loose, and like close your eyes and like deep breaths, right? Deep breaths and just try to slow your mind down, right? And if you can have a few ideas that, that bring you peace, hopefully like very simple, you know what I mean? That Those are good to focus on or more, more importantly, just imagine your mind emptying, you know, it doesn't have to completely empty because obviously by thinking about your mind emptying, it's not emptying, you know what I mean? But you can just mm -hmm. take the ideas that are like disconcerting to you and you know, just imagine them drifting away with your breath. This is what Phil Jackson used to be do before his, you know, uh, his uh, Bulls games and Laker games, right? And, you know, a lot of times after a few minutes, you're going to start seeing things from a different perspective. And it's, it's interesting. And you can, at this point in like a more relaxed state, perhaps you can think of these problems. This is what I use it for. There's sometimes like, I, I just, I, I don't feel good. I don't know why I do this for five minutes and I, I look at it and I'm like, I know what's bothering me today. You know, it, it's this different perspective will help. Right. And then, uh, anyway, after you've calmed yourself down a bit, uh, I, I think it's really good to have a list of like what it is short-term goals, long-term goals, right? So your short-term goals can be like, I need to work on this. This is something I keep screwing up, right? Usually to get these short-term goals, you need a coach who can tell you what you're doing wrong. You need to have identified them by going through training videos or something along those lines, right? And it's good if you have these papers like right next to you when you play, when you play the game so you can keep referring to them, right? And then you also want to have your long-term goals. I, I think it's a good idea to write, uh, I hate the words mission statement because it brings up like Enron talking about how we're going to help people, you know, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you should, uh, you should write down like, why, why do you play poker? What do you do this for? Uh, I find it really helpful to remind yourself of every painful thing you went through uh, to get to this point. And, uh, like one thing I have written down on mine is like, do you remember that 18 year old kid that was in high school living in his own, in a garage in the ghetto with no plumbing and no heating and no running, you know, and uh, it, like it was on Casino Road Everett. You should Google that sometime. It's like, do you think that kid would recognize you now? You know what I mean? Do you think would how what would he think of the guy who achieved his dream and just doesn't want to play? Because that that's my biggest problem is I I don't want to play when I'm not doing well. It's just my it's always been my natural reaction when things aren't going well. Uh, I I just don't play, and I think that's what's helped me make money. And then uh, 
these days I play at such high stakes. Usually I don't win. You know what I mean? And then uh, when I don't win, I just don't want to play. But if I read that and I think of what 18-year-old me would think right now of myself, you know what I mean? When that kid who was busting his ass 16 hours a day uh, for half of a year just to get the bankroll to take a shot at poker, I, I get really like, you know what, man, let's do this. Like, let's go, right? And you want to have something like that. And then when you're playing you got to have a signing up strategy, like have a number of tables you want to play. Take the number of tables you like to play and subtract two. And that's usually about your best and focus on the sites that are not poker stars. Focus on the sites with small fields, uh, much more money for first and weak competition. So it'd be like, okay, maybe my maximum size is like uh, 12 tables. Let's say, right. I feel comfortable with 12 tables. So you're, you like, you cut it, you cut up your screen into like four quadrants and it's like, well, I have three tables for each one in each one of these quadrants. And okay, I'm going to start with the, the worst site and then I'm going to work my way up to the toughest site. Most people do it the opposite way. They start with poker stars because it, and this is something I don't know if I've ever talked about, but like when you guys, this is a problem I have with every stable I consult for. They're like, all my guys want to do is play the big guarantees on poker stars. And it's like, let me tell you why those guarantees are so large, because nobody ever wins them. It's mm-hmm. 2,000, 3,000 people, you know what I mean? That's not yeah. very consistent. And poker stars has an emphasis on turbos and on paying out most of the field because they want everybody to get their buy-in back and a slap on the ass so you can go get raked again. You should be mm-hmm. focusing on America's card room. Myco 365, 888, iPoker, Party Poker, any of these sites is better than Poker Stars. And, and soon to be Full Tilt, because Full Tilt has essentially been ruined. Uh, it could, I think it could have been kept alive as another property. It's not happening. And, uh, you know, you just start and you put 3333. If you can avoid the big sites and get to your maximum number of tables, that's fine. Now, a lot of people go, oh, but I'm missing the biggest tournaments, dude. Who cares? When you go to a buffet, you know, they hand you your plate. Remember, like, when you were a kid at a buffet, and uh, Barry had a funny story for this one time, but he'll, uh, wait, do you, what, was it you who was, like, the first time you were at a buffet, you just pigged out? I was not the first time. We had uh, spare ribs. Was that an all-you-can-eat uh, buffet? Mm. We say buffet. No, yeah. Buffet. Yeah, that's, yeah. Probably the, that's probably the right way to say it. Anyway, yeah. And uh, we, uh, yeah, me and my brother um, went fucking mental. It was like, <laughs> at, at the end of it, the meal, it was like the Flint, my mom always said, it was like the Flintstones had been eating at it. It was just, it was just this. And I was like, I think I was about nine, maybe, in, or nine, nine, Blair would have been like six, and the both of us with spare ribs. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Like, and it was just bones piled up on the plate, you know? And my mom always said it was like the Flintstones, <laughs> you know? It was like mental. What is, so. Okay, so this is what happens the first time you get to a buffet, is usually like Barry's experience, which is, you're really excited and you like pig out, right? You get like 12 pounds of food and you're like, I'll, I'll eat this next week if I don't finish today, right? I'll find a way to smuggle it out of here. And uh, most of the time, not Barry because he's a champ, 
and he's got a lot of training with his stomach on fizzy juice. But most of the time you get a little sick and you go like, why did I eat, eat that much? And you don't, you end up not being able to eat that much. And uh, you miss out on some of your favorite stuff, right? Because you're like, ooh, I'll save that for later, right? And you just never get to it. If you just focus on your favorites, and your favorites should be, you know, low-risk, high-ROI tournaments, right? Which is a lot of these, like, other sites. It shouldn't be, oh, this first place I'll never win is a lot of money. This could establish my dream of playing more poker. If, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, I know that was very rude to do under the mic. But, uh. And just go with, uh, remember, it's a, be careful at the buffet. Just pick what you can and uh, try to eliminate distractions, right? And, it's, uh, and what I mean by eliminating distractions is, you know, if you're still very invigorated by poker, try to find as much data as possible. Now, let's, I, this is kind of a do as I say, not as I do thing. But, well, actually, not really. Like, I'll have the TV on in the background, but it'll have, like, American football, which American football is very easy to track, right? Like, all – because they have one play, it lasts, like, four seconds, and then they replay it for three minutes, right? So, realistically, you have to, like, look up for four seconds, and then it's like, okay, that happened. And then you go, you know, three minutes later, there's another play, or however it breaks down, right? And then uh, the big plays, they'll replay often and often. So you can't, you know, you don't have to check every one. But, like, I will never have, like, a TV show on, like, in the mm. background. Like, never. I will never have it. Like, it irks me to no end when somebody puts on, like, television. And actually, in a way, I hate it when people put on, like, s soccer. Just because soccer is a game, the only thrill you get is, like, really tracking it. You know what I mean? You, uh -huh. it, like football, uh, uh, <laughs> like if I change my pronunciation, you're all going to understand what I'm talking about now. <laughs> like soccer, uh, to use the American term, is interesting if you're really paying attention to the give and take of each team. That, that takes a lot of attention. So like I'll never have that on when I'm playing or something like that. Now, the, now, a lot of people go like, well, man, I'm, I'm there for 10, 12 hours a day. Do you really expect me to pour over statistics the whole day? And it's like, well, no, I don't really expect that of you. That could be really tough. You know what I mean? But make sure you're still doing it. So something I do is uh, I review my sessions frequently. And if I'm keeping a certain grade of play, I will allow myself to like listen to like hip-hop albums and like talk radio. That's what's really invigorating to me especially like really good podcasts like really keep me going for 12 hours or something like that right but like if my if i ever can like see that i'm uh if i can ever see that my level of play is going down like or i'm not checking statistics and or i'm not paying attention to people like all that stuff needs to go off and i need to play a session where i'm just you know it's just silent or something like that and then I, I've done that before a lot. Like I, I've just played a lot of silent sessions in my life, and it, it's it, it's a lot tougher. And then yeah, you just focus. You don't pre-register. You have like you you have your tables. You're 12. You lose one. You add another. You're gonna miss some tournaments through the day, but you're gonna keep your buy-ins down. A lot of people think like the the number of buy-ins they make is gonna increase their ROI. A lot of times it decreases it. 
You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not a volume game. It's a game about winning. So, you know, keep, keep this up. And yeah, uh, if you can on the five minute breaks, uh, try to just get, get outside and get a breath of fresh air. Uh, just try to move your body around. I, I notice that helps quite a bit and drink a lot of water during the session. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, guys. Uh, drink a lot of water during the session. Try not to drink like anything heavy with fat. Like, uh, you know, you don't want to have like enchiladas like, uh, while you're playing or like burritos, you know, it's probably gonna, it's probably gonna bring you down just a bit. And uh, go easy on the caffeine, you know. I, 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 I've built up, like, a military-grade tolerance to it, but I know most people drink, like, a bunch of coffee and then feel like crap. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope my Sunday approach helps you guys. Man, I've been enjoying playing poker lately, Barry, because, like, American football is amazing. I don't know if you know this, but you, no, should, I don't. you should watch <laughs> it, man. You should. Yeah, I, I need to I, – I get – the main uh, premise of it. <laughs> get but, into uh, the end zone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the, in between the stops and this and the plays and yeah, I'd need to sit and really get into it to you know to really comment on it. But yeah, I, it's not. I mean, I do. I watch a lot. Of, I watch the the heavyweight fight there. Uh, Tyson Fury beat Klitschko. I watched that. Um, I paid for that on like the pay per view, like a sucker, you know. Uh, um, uh, no, that <laughs> you gotta su- uh, you gotta support uh, Bob Arum and Don King, bro. What else? Like, I watch soccer, golf, soccer, football, golf, <laughs> and um, you know things. But yeah, American football just never really, or basketball to be fair. Oh uh, yeah, you're not a basketball guy. That, no, it's never it's never really been covered here, you know, apart from like yeah. on Sky and stuff. I never really, you know, it seems a bit like oh yeah, I, I watch little like uh, you know vines of like amazing plays and stuff, and I can appreciate that. But oh, that was that looks pretty cool, like, even though I didn't, you know, the way he uh, scored there. But when I look at it, I'm just like you know, I could I don't know if I could watch a whole game of it. it, it it's pretty. I, basketball is like I, I played American football for like ten years, so like I love to watch it. But like, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I I was a really good left tackle, which is the guy who protects the quarterback, and I wasn't in good shape. You know what I mean? I was just kind of a jackass. I would really quickly at the beginning of the game set it. I would really hurt the guy across from me like once, and I would make it very clear if he did not play my game, that was going to keep happening, right? And like, it didn't really take athleticism, right? And, but, but, like, if you ever, like, watch basketball, it's like, these guys are just artists, man. Like, this is insane. Like, the size of the goal, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to stand 40 feet out, and I'm going to get it in there. And, yeah. it's gonna, like, that's the stuff that, I, I don't know, I never understood basketball growing up. I never was good at it. My My dad's, like, an actual, my father, like, would be, like I, I think he was he was on the state championship team, right? And he was like the point guard. He was like the captain, and stuff like that. And he would always try to teach me basketball growing up. But it was just like, you know, I'd play pickup games and stuff like that. But I just, my dad has like a grace, like I just don't have, you know what I mean? And then like it, it was a, I got my mother's clumsiness. But yeah, I, 
I like the I like basketball. Basketball is amazing. I, I like. It was just sorry. Yeah, it was ahead, more as a, like a, it was more as like a spectator sport for me to like what like basketball doesn't do it for me. American football, when I watched it as a spectator sport, didn't really do it. But again, that's because my understanding. Yeah, you need you need me there. I would uh, if I was there, I would make it. People, uh, you'd sell it to do people yeah. in Costa Rica love watching American football with me because I can tell that okay, if he calls this play, he's got this risk. And if he calls this play, he's got this risk. And then they, my my father my father in law is like the nicest guy in the world, and he always wants to share the American things with me because he he likes America, right? So he came over for the Super Bowl, and you could tell he was just kind of showing up. But it, yeah, I was selling it to him, and he was having a great time. And it was like, that was like one of my favorite memories so far with him. And he's still here. That makes it sound like he died, but like he's one of my. It was uh, really fun. But also, like podcasting is amazing now. Like, do you listen to podcasts other than ours because it's amazing? Yeah, I, I don't listen to ours. I don't listen. To I don't either. I've never. I've never. Yeah. I've never listened to a one hour podcast. I've listened. You fucking prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I was. Uh, <laughs> no, oh no, I, I listened to the ones before when I wasn't on it. I should specify that. I, I've I've listened. Uh, I, I've listened to uh, the ones you did before me were really cool. <laughs> you, got, you got a lot of like big names, and then it's like, and now here's this guy, Alex, who will be talking for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry. What do you listen to? Pod? Yeah, I listen. I listen to Tim Ferriss. Um, I've listened to some James Altucher ones. He's quite who's, good. Who's he? Uh, some Jew. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, no, he's a, he's a Jewish guy um, that was like in investment. He's a bit of a sort of renaissance man. He's done a lot of different things. And he's like, he's, he's built up. He, he was worth millions and then he was completely broke, suicidal. And uh-huh. then he built back up again and stuff. So That's it's cool. always good. But yeah, he does ones where it, previously he was just talking, but now that like, he gets some guests on and stuff. So... Yeah, James Altucher is good. That's A L T U C H E R. Tim Ferriss is obviously a good one if you can pick through them. I don't listen to every Tim Ferriss. Yeah, one. he's got some. You get some really bad guests. Like, yeah, I've, some I've, of the guests when I'm reading on some of the even like the cliff notes, I'll read the show notes and I'll go. I'm not saying they're bad podcasts. They're just not for me. They're not interesting to me. But there's a couple I've got to go back in and uh, listen to. There's one about like psychedelics and stuff, and I'm always interested in stuff like that. It just like my previous experiences and stuff on that. So mm-hmm. um, try to think what else. Um, there's uh, regards other podcasts, and then there's just other ones that are like more niche related to the stuff I do, like the sort of like collectibles and stuff like that. You know, I'll right. sometimes listen to the odd episode of them, but yeah, not huge. I used to listen to the two plus two poker one uh, when I played more. Um, like I used to listen to that on in the background or something. But uh, yeah, no, they're <clears throat> they're cool. They they invited me on, but it was Thanksgiving, and I, I I don't know if they're British or whatever. But I was like, yeah, I can't uh, I can't make it on Thanksgiving. I, I think they're Canadian, aren't they? They're Canadian. oh, they're Canadian. Okay, I was yeah, they invited me on, and I wasn't gonna be like, hey guys, it's uh. It, it, it's Thanksgiving. There's there's not many days I would turn down uh, going on the poker cast, but I I will hear about this for the next twenty years if I appear on your podcast today, right? And then, uh, but but yeah, they're cool. They're really cool. I like that. Uh, here I'm going to talk about the podcast I like now, just because I want to. You but uh, 
No, yeah, Ferris is good. He has some people on there that just drive me insane. Like, they're just... You know, it's like that San Francisco, like, yuppie. I've never had to work. And I've, yeah. I've really... I really know this one thing, and I think everybody who doesn't know this one thing sucks. And, like, that, that drives uh. me nuts. On the liberal side, that drives me nuts. But, like, he has a bunch of amazing people. Speaking of Jewish people that we like in podcasts, there's this guy named Dennis Prager who's, like... He used to be a very moderate talk show host. Like, when I was a kid, I remember, like, his radio show would be on all the time, right, in America. And he was a very moderate guy. He's gone, I I don't know, I think the country has gone left, so now he's more firmly right. But he's also gone more, like, right wing. But, like, he has a fascinating podcast, right? And it was like, not a, it's an actual syndicated radio show. So if you listen to it, you can get it without the commercials. I think if you pay like 20 bucks or something a year, but like he does a lot of charity work and he's seen like a hundred countries and like he went over, he was like a spy in the former Soviet union. And he was like, uh, for America, like he learned Russian, never had had any experience with it. He got so good at it. They sent him like to help Jewish refugees in the former Soviet Union. And it's like, when you hear this guy talk about life, he's like one of, there's a lot of like Republicans. I just go, this is not based in logic. You sound very, you know, you're, you're preaching to a certain group of people and you don't really care if it makes sense. This this guy's like the most like eloquent on the right and makes, has very interesting views. I read, uh, I, I listen to like New York times podcast too, to like get, I think it's important, like, as an American to know, like, both sides of the political spectrum so I can understand wherever I am. And it's like New, New York Times and, like, NPR put out podcasts, but they're, they're, they're really – they're interesting. Like, the book review bot podcasts and stuff like that have, like, definitely put me on to, like, a lot of stuff. And uh, it sounds like Le Monde from France, though, now. New York Times, like, they've really gone left. But, yeah, it was – Adam Carolla's uh, – Adam Carolla's like podcast network is insane. Like they're so they also they gave me permission to play podcasts while I'm playing poker. Like they're they're like yeah you can play it whenever you want on Twitch. Like and then yeah they have a wonderful show called Resume where they just get successful people to come in and talk about their crap jobs. And it's like yeah is it it's good stuff. I need to listen to more of them. The Freakonomics podcast is really interesting too. If you, oh, I'll, cut, no, I'll need to cut shot. It's interesting. Yeah. They had one that was just awesome. It was like the power of saying you do not know. The power of saying I don't know something, right? Mm-hmm. And like it made a bunch of great points. And then it occurred to me, I never hear anybody say I don't know what you're talking about or I yeah. don't understand this. Could you explain it to me? And usually when I do, it's like the smartest guy in the room. Like, the guy, the person who does that the most is Froz Jocka. Like, Froz Jocka, with all of his success in poker, if you say something about poker he doesn't understand, he'll go, like, what? Like, could you explain that to me? Uh-huh. And then, yeah, now he's, you know, uh, he kills everything on Earth. He's, he's Froz Jocka. He's yeah. Froz Jocka. <laughs> sounds like a meme name. I mean, a meme name. Like, uh, you, got, you, <laughs> you got Froz Jocka. Okay, next question. Next question, yeah. Okay, let's. We got. We'll try and do two more on this show. Right. And uh, I should be like, in, for full transparency, uh, we are into December now. Myself and Alex are recording uh, two weeks back to back, and then two weeks back to back next week. 
so that you've got a podcast every week through December and so me and Alex don't have to do ones on Christmas Eve and New Year and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so um, there's so, another mass shooting we do not talk about. We're not trying to be callous. We just we, yeah. we, we can't go forward in time to insert that. But yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, and if there's any deaths or that of anybody we've mentioned, we are sorry and you know R.I.P. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, okay, next question is from and I, I think it's Riards, uh, R-I-H-A-R-D-S. I'm sure it's Riards. Uh, uh, hi, oh, Re- my question. Riards. I think it's a Latvian. Yeah, that's Riards. That, that's a. Uh, I, I just said it in a Russian accent to piss him off because they're very, they're they're very definitive. We are not Russians, you know what I mean? But yeah, anyway, I think that's Richard in their language. But yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, Mr. Riardo, Riardo. Uh, hi. My question is, why do you have you hard stats play so chaotically around the table? Some. So, this is quite funny, and the guy has put smiley faces, Alex, so he's not having a total dig with his tone, okay? Uh, some some even don't match the players they are next to. I remember watching your Twitch stream, and you were referring to stats that were not even meant to the player when you were making your decision. Oh, yeah, I did, I did that. Do yourself, do yourself a favor and sort that out. Smiley face, regardless. <laughs> yeah, you're banned forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't take a joke. No, uh, on different sites, like, you have to organize them in different ways. And there's just, like, I, if you buy my HUD by going to assassinohud.com, uh, you will find it has more information than any HUD out there. And it's also very, like, large, right? And, like, I could actually take off the letters. And then if I took off the letters, like, it, it wouldn't it, – it would be a smaller HUD and you could see a little more. But at the same time, the people watching couldn't know what the stats are of each player. So I put, like, one letter for each thing, and that makes it a little larger. Now, this doesn't really bother me because I'm really used to bulky HUDs because I've been using them for a long time. Yeah, I, re- I, I, re- I know the exact hand he's talking about. I, I, I looked really I, – I, I moved around a couple HUDs to see something, and then uh, – or to click on a button, and then I, like an idiot, I put one back in the wrong spot, right? So for like three hours on one <laughs> side, I was playing with like the wrong HUD. Fortunately, only like one hand came up, and then I checked the stat on the other guy, and I was like, well, I probably would have done the same thing. But yeah, it was, uh, no, uh, if you pay attention, it looks really good on uh, Poker Stars. It looks uh, really good on America's Card Room. It's just like, uh, some of the third-party sites, uh, just some of the smaller sites, like no HUD really looks that good on it, right? Like no HUD looks that good on iPoker. It just doesn't happen. But the real important thing is uh, I, I really uh, – my game uh, – uh, this is going to sound weird, but it's like I can't do as many exploitive plays as I used to just because my, my reputation precedes me now. I, I mean, there's really only one guy doing as much on the coaching side as me, and that's me. And then it, it's, it, you know, so, like, I have to be a little more balanced. So, like, there's a lot of times, like, I used to look at a stat, and I'd be like, oh, I, I'll, I'll try to do this. But, like, I look at the player, and I go, he's not going to let me do that, right? So, like, I don't even have to, like, really reference the stat. So I'm not really referencing the statistics as much as maybe you guys should, you know? 
but like what's really important is you know them like at final tables and usually the final table you know you have a lot of space up and stuff it, you have a little more space up because it tends to be at the end of the day and mm-hmm. uh yeah you're paying real attention to stuff like that but yeah uh by the way guys i have my bad days like when i twitch stream like i there's some days i show up and i just uh you know i although i haven't had many bad days lately like what was it i won the pca package i won well i, I won the 30k guaranteed the other i I, did, I forgot to even bring this up at the top of the show we usually talk about what we're doing but yeah this last week i won a pca package in the 30k guaranteed euro and i took second in the 20 5,000 guaranteed on a... Uh, well, we, we touched on that one last episode. Oh, we did? Unless, uh, unless you've had a first and a second again. No, sure no, we, no, I didn't. No, I, I, I don't know. That, but I we don't... didn't touch on the PCA. We no, I, want a, I want a PCA package. That was pretty... Well, there, next episode, we've got questions on the PCA uh, from a guy, so we can talk about all that right, then. Cool, cool. The guy's got specific PCA questions. All right, all right. Um, all right. And you've got to answer with that. Y'all should, but, um, y'all should go to America's Card Rooms live events. Much cheaper, easier to get into, much better locales, and it doesn't cost $2 billion to go there. I play these PCA sets because mostly I, I'm going to go there anyway because I like the Bahamas. You know what I mean? And then, uh, like, it's easy for me to win these sets, and then if I just keep winning them, they're like winner-take-all fast, Right. And it's like, I don't know why. I just couldn't win a Punta Cana set <laughs> to save my life on America's Card Room. And I was like, well, you know, uh, fiscally, it doesn't make sense if I don't win the package. You know what I mean? It's like business first. I'm sorry. Like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to spend $2,000 to play like a $2,000 tournament. It's just not going to happen. But PCA is like that this year. Like you win this package and it's $5,300 plus 4600 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You know what I mean? It's like... Who, would you ever play a tournament if you saw that? But yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm gonna we'll talk about that next show. Next show. Yeah, we got PCA. Next. Uh, okay, we got. Is that you on your hug, Leo? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I, I, okay. I suck at poker. Don't pay attention to me. Like, anyway. Okay, I, last question for this episode. Let me see what one will fit in nicely that's not going to take. Well, I think it's not going to take a huge. Um, what is the meaning of life? No, this one is, let me see, that's too good for the next one, that's too good for the next one, uh, let's just go with this one, and let's see how you can go, um, it's from Janus, um, hello, I face great difficulty when deciding on how much I should river bet, especially when value betting, but also as a bluff. Can you discuss what sort of percentages of pot I should be betting, and what each is what each percent is trying to say? Thanks. Leave, leave it to the Latvian to bring up <laughs> the, the <laughs> toughest question. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, for the river bet, uh, first thing is like let's first talk about value bets. I think I think a lot of people don't understand like how valuable it is to get. Uh, it, it, to to get the river bet, like it's the po- time when the pot is biggest. It, it, this occurred to me the other day. The pot is the biggest on the river, and that seems to be the easiest time to get a call. Which it should be the opposite, you know what I mean? Because when people are making mistakes there, they're the most costly, uh, the costliest. And uh, you would think they would be thinking quite a bit, but there's a lot of guys that they just see a half pot size bet and they call, and that, that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? And 
you should almost always go for the half pot size bet. Like, uh, let, let, let's imagine like you can bet the pot is a hundred thousand and you can bet 50,000 and get called a hundred percent of the time. And you are, you could bet a hundred thousand and get called 50% of the time. And now a lot of people would say there's no difference between these two. Your expectation is about 50,000 on each, right? And it's like, well, I, I would contend that's not true. Uh, because it's much more important to get some chips than, uh, it, it's much more beneficial to get chips than it is helpful to get more chips, you know? So, like, if you think about, like, a heads-up sit-and-go, like, it doesn't, re you should go for the kill in, like, heads-up cash because you're never going to gain a chip advantage on anybody. If they just, if they bust, they can just reload. However, yeah. this is not true. In a heads-up sit-and-go, if you get that early lead, 70-30, it's hell on earth for the guy uh, yeah. after, for a while. You know what I mean? So it really behooves you to get that lead. And it, it really is helpful when you can C-bet more, you can double-barrel more. And your chips ICM-wise, when you have the increased stack, are worth a lot less than the chips you are threatening. So you can put a lot of pressure on the other guys. And... Uh, you can do a few more plays and there's more options available to you. I think that's all much more important than like getting the most. I think this is why Phil Ivey does not have a hold and bracelet while Phil Helmuth has 13. He understands that chip retention and stable growth is the name of the game in poker tournaments because poker tournaments are about making money from as many hands as possible. It's not about making the most money from every hand as possible because if you cut that line of hands you were supposed to see at hand 222 when 498 would have been available to you if you were not trying to exact a few extra big lines of value on hand 222, then you have just cost yourself quite a few, uh, a couple hundred hands there. So you don't want to be doing that. Now, as far as like bluffs, uh, I used to only have one type of river bluff, which was the all-in, just because people did not fold rivers, in my opinion. On the river... On the turn, you could, I, I thought you could bluff a lot because you have the threat of an upcoming card uh, disrupting the equity of your opponent's range. Uh, you also have uh, the threat of uh, future bets, and the guy doesn't get to see your hand. On the river, you have none of these advantages. Curiosity equity is a horrible thing. The guy gets to see your hand, which is going to really induce him to call more often. Uh, he has no future cards that he needs to worry about. The hand is over if he calls. And there's no future bets to worry about. So most of the time, I would just load up the turn. And uh, these days, though, I notice a lot of people just call the turn as if it were obligatory. And uh, the, however, they will fold a lot on rivers. You will see, that's what I really like about the Assassin HUD. We put the fold, uh, fold to flop, flop bet, turn bet, river bet, like right next to each other. And a lot of times you'll see 30, 30, 70, right? Like guy never folds flop or turn and on the river, he becomes honest. Versus those guys, I'll just bet half, half the pot because, uh, especially if they're good players, because a lot of good players have these statistics because the good player will just go, oh, he's going for value. I can fold my fourth pair now. Whereas before, it's like, ah, this guy, you know, this, this guy's an old codger here. He's trying to get me. I'm going to call with fourth pair. And it's like if they're calling with fourth pair on the turn and they're folding uh, on the river with, like, their best second pairs and some of their worst top pairs. You have a lot of ground there to work on. And uh, otherwise, uh, two-thirds pot bet also works very well. I'll use a lot of two-thirds pot size bets out of position. 
So, like, when I lead, it'll be two-thirds because I don't really want anybody raising me. I want to be the person, like, acting first throughout the hand. I don't want to be raised and then have have to deal with something. And then, uh, so, like, what I will do is I will donk lead two-thirds of the pot size bet on the river as well. And this works really well because the bet only needs to work 40% of the time, but it looks like a very large bet. Two-thirds pot size bet is not a typical bet. Uh, a, a lot of people just see this and go, ooh, that's, that's pretty big, you know. I better have something here. And the great thing about donk bet, betting is, like, I'll donk bet flop, donk bet turn. A lot of people will just go, I don't like this donk bet. I don't know what this guy has. I'm going to call here with ace high. And then on the river, they're like, crap. You know, especially if a card comes that, like, completed a flush draw or was an overcard or something like that. And they go, I have fourth pair. I have third pair. I have second pair. I don't think this is good enough. I'm going to fold. And there are, you know, there are occasions I get snapped off. But here's another thing to remember about river betting. If you bet two-thirds of the pot size bet, which is a lot of times people go like, bro, you were, you were bluffing too much there, man. That was a pretty big bet. Uh, a lot of times when people uh, – uh, do that, they don't realize if the guy calls you 55% of the time, you're still making money. You can lose a majority of the time here and still turn a profit. This is what's very difficult for a lot of people to understand. So you have to, you know, there's a lot of times I bet half the pot on the river and I expect it not to work 60% of the time, but I only need my play to work 33% of the time. So the 40% of the time that they're folding is wonderful. That's fine. But, you know, there's a real stigma to be caught river bluffing. There's, to this day, people will, like, see a river bluff. And I, especially when I play live, you'll see the looks with, to each other. Like, <laughs> you see that? Ooh, yeah. and, you know, and stuff like that. And it really, I mean, it's just, it's just like if you fire a seabed and it doesn't work. You know what I mean? The only difference is you have to turn over your hand, presumably, if you get caught on the river. So, yeah, uh, good luck to you. Okay, that is all we got for this episode. Uh, there has been a bit rambling, but there's been questions answered as well. And keep your questions coming in for Alex. Alex, how can people get in touch with you uh, for chats and uh, in tech? Not, not chats, but private coaching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I say <laughs> chats, you're going you're gonna to blame me for that later. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. No, I mean, if you guys want to write me, like, I try to get if you guys like write me like one question, I try to get back to you. But there's some guys that like make me their like ATM of strategy questions, and it's without like, paying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at some point, I gotta go. Hey, hey, bro, there's a reason this costs money. It's like it, it, it's just it's it's not because I wouldn't like to sit here and talk poker all day. I love talking poker all day. I just I don't have the time. You know what I mean? But yeah, write me at assassinoutcoaching at gmail dot com. Uh, for all inquiries, and also if you're interested in private lessons, I'll be. It's me managing the emails now, so you'll be talking to me. <coughs> and uh, by the way, I want to thank you guys. Uh, I, uh, you know, December, of course, you know, with the holiday season, uh, it, it's definitely a time to like get. You know, you got to get your affairs in order. You got to get the holiday gifts, and you got to get start preparing for tax season and stuff like that. You guys have really come out to do a lot of the lessons, and I really appreciate that. And I'm really glad to be meeting all of you. Like, it's really fun when you get to, like, meet you guys, like, in person. And then, well, I guess not in person over Skype. But, you know, you, uh, it, it's been really fun lately. I've had a lot of great students, and it's been a really good time. So, yeah, if you guys want to if you guys want to see the coaching options, the prices are between 150 and 210 per hour. Uh, we also have, like, uh, 
you know, I, I knew that was a little too much for everybody. So we even have free options. If you want, you can write me about that. Uh, you do have to like sign up for America's card room for that one. We'll talk about that one in a second, but we also have like $60 options, $80 options, stuff like that. And what it'll be is it'll be like a recorded lecture of mine that used to cost, you know, like $800 for me to do privately for a backing stable. But now since there's a recording of it and all I got to do is send you a decrypted link, I've obviously re, uh, I, I, I encrypt all the links now. I, I found out that technology. Isn't that cool? Like, yeah. isn't that sick? Like I, I figured that out. I, I really like that. I mean, just part of the, like people, people think like entrepreneurs are out entrepreneur, they're they're out for money but it's like i really just like figuring stuff out you know what i mean like i got such a little thrill when i found how to decrypt uh how to make encrypted like uh uh links so the only the people who bought it could like buy you know what i mean and now i can reset links and stuff if i think people are stealing it and stuff like that it's really cool but yeah anyway uh you can uh because there has been a there was a guy i'm not going to say from what country he bought one copy of it, and then uh, I found out he just went onto his forum and said, "Check this video out," <laughs> because I was like, "I was like, how did this get downloaded two hundred times?" <laughs> right? Yeah. And it was like, of course, at that point, like, there's nothing I can do. So it's just kind of laugh. By the way, a lot of those people came, and I got lessons out of it. So you know, there's a bl- uh-huh. there's a blessing in disguise there. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I was laughing pretty hard at that. But yeah. Uh, you know, uh, write me at assassinocoaching at gmail.com if you just want to discuss your coaching options, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you can tell me a little about what you're playing and uh, what, what you're trying to accomplish. You know, try, try to keep it brief. Uh, sometimes I get, like, a, an autobiography, and that, you know, like, I'm honored you would like me to know about that, but there's not really much. Like, you know, it's like I don't uh, – 20 pages is really hard to read. Uh, but, you know, just if you can give me like an idea of what you're trying to play and what your budget is and what your time constraints are and stuff like that, I can tell you what options we have. And uh, also you can uh, check out my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash the If you guys do not do anything else, uh, you can sign up for this. And it's going to uh, uh, it's like five dollars a month and you get access to like every final table I play with commentary and I things are looking pretty exciting for that Twitch stream. I'm talking with a sponsor about some giveaways we can do. Nothing's de- definitive yet, but it looks pretty cool. It's uh it, so be sure to check that out. And if you guys don't want to put 5 bucks for the subscription and check out all the past streams, which by the way it used to cost like hundreds of dollars to get this kind of like live footage, right? Now it's just 5 bucks a month. So if you want that it's a great value, but if you don't have the money for that, I I uh, I respect that. I know, I know what that's like. Uh, just favorite it, and you'll get a notification every time we're live streaming, right? And uh, uh, sign up for cardrunners.com. Use promo code FREEMONTH, all capital letters, to get two months access to 2,000-plus videos for just $30. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want to get a free webinar of mine, one of those free classes I discussed, taped classes of mine, you can get a free copy. If you flat too much, that's a check raise fool dissecting the dog better why Pasegna was right all you got to do is sign up for america's card room through the link below the stream uh the, the below the stream below the uh well i guess this could be streaming uh the mm-hmm. uh the mp3 just sign up for america's card room uh and when you do write me at assassinocoaching at gmail.com just say this is my email this is my sign-in name and say that you deposited 
And uh, I'll send you a free copy of one of those. It's just a thank you from myself for signing up. A lot of you guys have come out for that, too. I really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I can think of now. I'm sure I'm sure going to – oh, follow me on Twitter <laughs> at The Assassin. Everybody tuned out 20 seconds to this, or they, like, turn the radio on to the sports. Uh, but, yeah. like, uh, yeah, uh, onto the sports. That's something old people do. They put the in front of everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, right. follow me on Twitter, at The Assassinato. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want a bunch of free articles, check out PokerHeadRush.com for all my uh, – I just posted a free article there, and uh, you can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you, you can sign up for the newsletter right there. I finally got that working. It was broken for a couple weeks. And uh, if you want to sign up for the newsletter, you get free strategy articles every week. In fact, i got to write one for today. So I'm going to do that, and you get them weeks before everybody uh, – everyone else and uh yeah pokeredrush.com has all the free like battle rap and the you know the it has has like uh trip reports and blogs and strategy articles and fun stuff like that so check out pokeredrush.com okay that's it that's it sorry i took i took that one a little far today i apologize <laughs> cool and uh, if you want questions for alex on the next show then just email questions at com. it really is the best way to get them to me if you can't be bothered emailing or that and you do want to tweet them, then tweet at oneouter.com or post them in the Facebook group. But you're limited to 140 characters there. And I know a lot of you don't like posting in the Facebook group because you'd rather message them and some of you want to remain anonymous, etc. So email questions at oneouter.com for questions to get to Alex. It's the best way. And until the next episode, which myself and Alex are about to record very shortly, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers. Make room at your Thanksgiving table this November because America's Card Room is coming over. And we're bringing over $2.5 million guaranteed. From November 27th to December 6th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 27 cents. And the best part? OSS5 has over $2.5 million in prize pools, including the $1 million guaranteed Million Dollar Sunday Tournament. You'll find satellites feeding into every single event, including the $1 million tourney only at America's Card Room. 